Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his house. As you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, this is a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, and I will throw it immediately over to Ryan Callahan. Ryan, why are we bringing these people a breaking news podcast? Because Tennessee, for the second time in less than a week, has added a commitment to its 2021 class. And it's an important one. Offensive lineman William Parker from Nashville uh, over at Pearl Cone High School, a longtime Tennessee target, picking the Vols over Alabama, uh, Louisville, Florida, and Kentucky were technically the other finalists. But this this essentially was a Tennessee-Alabama battle down the stretch and, uh, and a pretty tight one at that for a, for a large portion of these last few weeks leading up to it. So, uh, so for Tennessee to, to win this one, a, a big deal and uh and a guy they've wanted for really more than two years they, they've been after him and uh and so clearly one of their top in-state targets in the 2021 class and addresses a major need on the offensive line so important pickup for the balls and outlook starting to look a little bit better for tennessee's offensive line and there's some hand-wringing it just uh not too long ago among some people on on go balls 24 7 and, and elsewhere over tennessee only having one offensive line commitment in this class and so many other needs at least mostly addressed so far now Tennessee looking in a lot better shape after after the addition of William Parker right on the heels of uh, J. Marion Gooch on Monday uh, from the Kings Academy just outside Knoxville. Yeah, and, and just to get the particulars out here on Parker, uh, we have him rated uh, at 24-7 Sports as the seventh best prospect uh, in the state of Tennessee, six foot five, 325 pounds from, as Ryan mentioned, Pearl Cone there in Nashville, a place that's produced several athletes over the years, many of which uh, have gone to UT. So uh, a big addition here, Ryan, and anytime you hear – Tennessee beating Alabama for a lineman that's usually a pretty good start isn't it it, it definitely is and uh you know Alabama's got a pretty good offensive line class obviously they'll they'll be just fine <laughs> yeah. they've got a couple yeah five I, I, th- I think they'll be okay yeah they got a couple five-star tackles and and uh, you know I, I don't know if that was a deciding factor in the end it didn't seem like it was a big deal to William Parker down the stretch but it was obviously something Tennessee I, I think felt it had a better situation to sell a clear path to at least maybe early playing time, if not immediate. Um, so that, that's, that's something that maybe worked in Tennessee's favor. But, you know, not just beating out Alabama, but, you know, Al- Alabama uh, was, was basically the dream school for William Parker. Uh, and you don't see often, uh, you know, those guys not pick Alabama in those situations, even though you're talking about a home state school in this case. This is a guy who, who has family in Alabama. His, his mom's originally from Alabama, and he's got some family down there still. So uh, reason to reason to think that he could have easily picked Alabama with those connections. Uh, but Tennessee, and it got dicey a little bit, uh, you know, two or three weeks before he announced his decision, you know, that this was, uh, we, we were told Alabama was in front at one point. So, so Tennessee, I think kind of had to battle back down the stretch to win what was a, 
a, a recruitment they really led, I think, for a large portion or were, were certainly right up there at the top. Uh, so they were never really in trouble until until maybe the final few weeks and uh, and were, were able to overcome Alabama down the stretch. But uh, a, a nice pickup for Tennessee, a, a big win. And, uh, you know, multiple guys on staff involved. T. Martin was is his area recruiter there in Nashville. Will Friend did a good job with him, the offensive line coach. Jeremy Pruitt heavily involved. And it's because this, this, this guy's been a priority for them for, for quite a while. Uh, they saw him in camp uh, a couple of years ago coming out of his freshman year and really liked him and uh, have pretty much recruited him since then. And over the past year in particular, made him a, a pretty big target in state and, uh, you know, had to, had to sweat it out here down the stretch, but I, I think they're excited to, to go ahead and get him in the boat, a guy that they really like on the offensive line. Yeah, Ryan, if, if you don't mind, uh, kind of walk people through this recruitment a little bit more, kind of take us on the inside of this, because, you know, it's interesting because uh, we have a lot of guys in our network, a ton of them, obviously, who cover recruiting. You're one of them. I don't cover as much recruiting on a daily basis. So a lot of times I'm just either, you know, reading reports or I'm, you know, talking to you or someone else at the company kind of behind the scenes and and I, it always seemed to me like this was a really interesting recruitment because, you know, Bama, he's got family from Bama. Bama was his dream school. For a while, it looked like Tennessee was in great shape here. Then maybe things start to turn a little bit. They're, Alabama really kind of throws itself back in there hard, and it it looks like maybe it's going the other way. And then he ends up sticking with Tennessee in the end. What, what Kind of walk us through that the best you can. Yeah, so I, I, obviously Tennessee was a, was a pretty early offer. They offered back in January 2018. So I think, you know, getting that foot in the door early, uh, you know, the fact that he'd been to Tennessee five or six times at least throughout his recruitment, I think kind of made him familiar with Tennessee before he was really familiar with anybody else. But Alabama was one of the other schools that he did visit multiple times. He's been down there three times. So I think he felt pretty good about, uh, about everything at Alabama too. Uh, distance has been a factor for him. I think he wants to stay close to his family. Uh, he's got a got you know a grandfather in, in Nashville that he, he'd love to be close to, and uh, you know other other family members there that he wants to be able to see him play. So I don't think he wanted to venture too far from home, and that was a factor with Florida, a school that he never got to visit but always liked quite a bit. So that was another contender in there, you know, mostly until the end. Uh, but just you know I, the fact that he hadn't been to Florida and that was too far away, I think was a, was a deal breaker there. So in the end, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Louisville, they, they all kind of fit his criteria of not being too far from home. And, uh, you know, ha- having the having the chance to go to Alabama, I think, was was really tempting to him. Uh, you know, the bigger question here is, was Alabama always right there with Tennessee or did anything change? I, I, I've been led to believe Alabama was pretty heavily involved for months, that, that it wasn't necessarily that anything changed there at the end. But you do wonder, you know, with, with a player like that, that's not a, you know, not a five-star you, you wonder where he is on, I think a lot of people at least wondered where sure. he was on Alabama's board. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that's always at least a concern. And so I think maybe it wasn't clear until the final month or two of his recruitment, whether he was actually being that, you know, recruited that hard by Alabama. And it turned out they were pretty heavily involved. So, um, you know, whether he, whether he was absolutely a no question take for them and all that, you know, can probably be debated, but he was a guy that they heavily recruited and were, were heavily involved with enough. And I think it, it really was a battle down the stretch. And so that's, uh, you know, that may have been where the confusion was on that. But I think Tennessee was always right up there. I don't think they ever really trailed until the final final month or so, maybe before his decision. And then Tennessee, again, to their credit, they made him a priority for a while. But I think they found a way to, to battle back even harder down the stretch and, uh, you know, kind of emphasize the things that were important and, you know, the chance to stay in state. And he's got a former teammate at Tennessee, obviously, Elijah Simmons, the, the redshirt freshman defensive tackle. 
So having that connection there, you know, certainly couldn't hurt. I don't, I don't think that was a, the deciding factor in the end, but didn't hurt. But just that familiarity that he felt with Tennessee and their coaches after visiting five or six times, I think was a big deal. And he just felt maybe more comfortable with Tennessee uh, and the opportunity there than, than with anyone else. Yeah, but between between Big William Parker here and Big Sexy Elijah Simmons, they're certainly feeding them at Pearl Cone. The, uh, the, the cafeteria there must be doing a bang-up a bang job. Those, those are some <laughs> and, big and a, guys. And a couple big athletic guys, too. That's the impressive thing about both of them uh, and, and why you saw a school like Alabama involved in, the, in his recruitment quite a bit because – you know, Elijah Simmons, we, you know, we remember the video from his recruitment of him dunking a basketball at like six foot one. Um, that's pretty impressive for a guy with, you know, close to 350 pounds at the time. William Parker on, you know, he's six, five, three twenty five at one point earlier this year was even heavier than that. And, you know, ha- has, has quite a bit of athleticism for a guy with that kind of weight, you know, he moves really well. And I think it's one of the things that's excited people about him, even though he's still not a finished product, he's still a little bit raw in some areas, but he's got that athleticism that you say, man, if you can take that size, that strength and that athleticism and really mold it, you, you've got a lot to work with there. So that, that's uh, that, that's pretty interesting that you find a couple guys that big and that athletic from the same school in the span of two years. Brian, when I look at, I mean, you, you know, I, I, you probably know that I'm going to ask this question because I always ask this question because when I look at, at, at where they put, um, where they rank offensive linemen, where we do it sort of positionally with tackle, guard. Oftentimes I'm dubious of, eh, is this really a tackle? Because it seems like a lot of guys are rated as tackles, but they end up playing guard because it's just the the size, you know, maybe that's better fit for them athletically. It's just, it seems like it's harder to play tackle than guard a lot of times, you know, athletically anyway. And I'm wondering when I look at this kid, you know, there, I see some athleticism here. There's no question about it, but do you think he's a tackle? And do you think Tennessee thinks he's a tackle or is he maybe more of a guard? I, I would consider him a little more of a swing guy because I think he could play either one. And, and part of it's going to depend on how he develops, you know, how, how much of that athleticism he maintains as his strength levels improve, all of those things. Uh, you know, right now I, I would kind of equate his skill set at least, maybe not his exact build and, and his upside, but his general skill set maybe to a guy like a K-Ron Calvert, where tackle is very realistic for him to play, but at the same time, some people may think guard is his best position. And so it's kind of just up to the coaches to figure out where they like him a little bit better than the other. But I don't think there's a huge gap there, at least not right now, in terms of what his best position is. So I could see him legitimately playing either one. And you kind of want guys like that. You know, we've seen Tennessee have some interchangeable parts on the offensive line. You know, even a guy like Darnell Wright, who was rated as a, as a clear tackle coming out of high school, you can always slide him inside the guard. So you want movable pieces on the offensive line. And I think Parker's kind of a perfect guy to do that. Uh, he, he's played a lot, mostly tackle in, in high school. And I think that's, that's where he at least can get his first look. And you can, you can see if he fits in there. And if he doesn't, hey, you've got a pretty good guard there because he's really athletic and, and still has the strength to – to be pretty good in that spot. So I, I think he's one of those kind of swing guys and just get him on campus and see how he develops. But that's the goal in this class to get some tackle types. They obviously loaded up on interior linemen for the most part in the 2020 class. So this year it's all about tackles and they've got a couple other guys uh, in this class who, who are capable of playing tackle. Uh, Jay Marion Gooch is another, another tackle type body, but he's so big at 340 pounds right now that guard may be uh, a, a real possibility too. Colby Smith, another guy, six foot seven, a, a tackle type body so they've got they've got three offensive line commitments and they're all three guys who at least are capable of playing tackle and that's that's clearly been the priority to find in this class yeah sometimes it's like you recruit guys and hope they can play tackle and if they can't you're like no nah, he can still play guard 
So, you know, I mean, that, that I know it's not that simple, but I've always kind of thought that's part of it is that you recruit guys hoping they can play tackle, and if they can't, they play guard. Yeah, and there's there's no harm in doing that because you can all and there's there's no rule against having a six five or six six guard. You see it quite a bit. So yeah, to have those types of guys who are at least physically capable of playing tackle, um, and then you you know move them inside if needed. Uh, sometimes those guys can even play center. You don't necessarily want a center that big all the time, but uh, but yeah, you can you can move a guy like that all over the place uh, when he's got that kind of build. You've got some options there, and you know it. Barton Simmons, our, our director of scouting, talked about this earlier this week on uh, on WNML here in Knoxville, uh, talking about how how Tennessee has made it pretty clear with their vision on the offensive line, they want big-bodied guys. And so again, William Parker's just another example of that—a 325-pound guy at six foot five, just another massive person to to add to that offensive line. And uh, you, you add up all the guys they've signed over the past few years now. That's that's a lot of beef there, a lot of size. So Tennessee's got uh, you know done done a good job of I think re- continuing to reshape its offensive line. They they haven't taken many of those developmental tackle types in the in the two sixty two sixty five range for better or worse. You know sometimes those guys end up being big time NFL draft picks um, that that take time to develop. But this this staff has made it clear they want size, they want strength, they want to move people on the offensive line and the run game. And uh, William Parker's another guy that gives him a chance to do that. Yeah, you add that weight together, I think you get approximately an imperial ton. Basically, yep. that that's that's where that is. Ryan, quickly, really quickly, before we go to break here, any concern about you know with Nashville schools and not playing right now? Any concern there? I mean, that's it's one of the the unfortunate downsides of you know taking recruits from a lot of places right now. You know, this is one of those things you can't really do anything about it this year. I mean, sure, Tennessee would probably love to have more film and a, and a, and a more up-to-date evaluation on him. But I think this is one of those guys where, you know, they've had him in camp each of the past two years, even though they couldn't this year, uh, they got to see him a, a little more than a year ago at camp. They got to see him his freshman year going into his sophomore year at camp. So uh, between that and the film they've gotten to see the past couple of years, I think you feel pretty good about an evaluation like this, as opposed to a guy who's maybe started one year in high school in another state. And now he won't be playing this fall you know, and you worry maybe a little more about a situation like that. But yeah, if he doesn't get to play this, this fall, I don't think that's quite as much of an issue for a guy like this, that you've had a pretty, pretty long running evaluation of in state. Well, this is also going to have a lot of impacts on, on Tennessee's class, really all classes across the country right now. So it's hardly just Tennessee's issue right now. It's kind of, Uh, the issue for a lot of people right now. Um, But there's a lot more to discuss here with this commitment of William Parker, uh, his effect on Tennessee's class, sort of what kind of linemen they're recruiting, where this class goes from here, are they done at the line of scrimmage, all sorts of really interesting things to get to. But before we do that, we've got to take a quick step back and go to a commercial break. So we're going to do that. We're going to pay some bills, come right back and discuss more about young William Parker. Hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker and Ryan Callahan coming to you discussing Tennessee's addition of William Parker to its uh, already good, really good, borderline elite uh, 2021 recruiting class. Really quickly, guys, please go back in here. Please hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please go rate and review this podcast. There's nothing you can do out there that will help us more than that. Please Please continue. Y'all are doing it more. I can see it. I'm, I'm really happy about this, but keep keep it going. Hit the hit the subscribe button. Don't just listen on the site. Hit the subscribe button, rate and review, please. And we will get to questions uh, at some point during a lot of these mailbags. We'll go to the Apple Podcasts app and get a lot of questions from there. So please, the, please, please go in there and do that. Ryan, more on this William Parker commitment, Tennessee's, uh, I believe, is this 26? Am I, am I correct? 26. And yeah. uh, normally when you hear 26 commitments, you think – Hmm. Okay, they're going to have to do some 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 number mas- you know some some number massaging, I guess you could call it around there because because normally people think of twenty five as kind of the class. That's you know you got to move some things around, but long way to go until the early signing period really opens and all these things become official. But obviously, you know Tennessee's going to have to get really choosy now, right? Uh, definitely, and and you know we don't know the exact numbers plan for Tennessee. You know I think there's there's perhaps a chance they could squeeze a little more than 25 into this class. They, they certainly can't go far beyond that uh, with how the 25 limit is, is a, a little more firm these days. Uh, but this is a class where, remember, they, they still had the flexibility to our understanding to add a transfer this year and didn't. And you have to have a spot left in your signing class to do that. So it's our understanding that maybe an unfilled spot could give them a chance to, to at least go at least one beyond 25 and, and, and maybe two, but I, I don't think very far beyond 25. Um, again, the question becomes, do you want to, do you want to take more than 25 though? Because especially if a one-time transfer exception is added next year, you, you might want to leave yourself a spot or a couple spots, uh, for, for the possibility of transfers, you know, Tennessee could be pretty good next year. And, you know, you, you always want to give yourself the, the option it, it, going into a big year for Tennessee. Do you, do you maybe hold on to a spot or two just in case somebody really interesting pops up on the transfer market that can help at a at a position of need, uh, I, I can't rule that out. So, so you never know how they're going to approach that. But yeah, I think somewhere around 25 is the goal, uh, as as with most classes. And like you said, that that means something's got to give here because they're not done. They still have needs uh, to address. Even though they've they've got three offensive linemen in the class now, they're in much better shape. They probably still want one more on the offensive line. Uh, on the defensive line, you probably need a couple more. You're not done in the secondary. You're still recruiting edge rushers. So. They're clearly not finished with this class, and with having 26 commitments, you know something's got to give. So I think the reality is there's going to be some turnover in this class. You know we've been saying that for a while. It hasn't happened yet, uh, certainly not in large numbers. Only a couple decommitments really 
Um, and that's because in part you, you haven't seen the evaluations the past six months. So now that, you know, high school football is starting up or has started up in some States, uh, I think you're going to see that evaluation process finally get cranked back up. And I think that will help, um, you know, help teams like Tennessee figure out, you know, who in their class, they maybe are having some second thoughts about who they might need to need to continue, uh, to look at over the next few months, all that, all that sort of stuff. And that, that'll sort of get the, the ball moving on some of that possible turnover. But for now, it's not, an, you know, it's not a problem. Like you said, early signing period is still more than three months away. You don't have to worry about that right now. So there's, there's time to sort all that out. But the reality is, yeah, there's going to be some turnover at some point. Brian, that was such a good answer that it, that it bled into to the next question I was going to ask. But I will ask it anyway because I had it on this list and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to – it's so rare that I make a list that I'm not going to, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to take advantage of it. What, what does this mean for Tennessee recruiting on the line of scrimmage? You know, obviously they, they've added uh, some beef there. Uh, they've taken a couple this week, in fact, uh, up front offensively. So particularly with the offensive line, you know, we all know there's a really big fish still out there. So that's got to be a factor in this, right? Yeah, you're, you're definitely not done. I, I think you feel a lot better right now if you're Tennessee because you've, you, you've gotten a lot closer to the number you really need in this class. You landed a couple in-state guys you really wanted this week on the offensive line in, in Gooch and Parker. So, you, you know, three offensive line commitments, you're, you're very close to addressing that need. Uh, and, and, you know, all, you're never going to stop recruiting even if you're at that number that you want, but, but the fact that they're just, you know, maybe one away from having that number that's, that's considered ideal for this class, I think makes makes you feel a lot better and, and you can sort of focus on, you know, just some really important guys to fill that last spot or, or you know, and, and, and the numbers can always fluctuate a little bit. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's still two out there they could take in the right scenario and, and figure it out later. But, you know, there are still some important guys out there. We know Rod or from down in Alabama, they're still heavily involved with him. Uh, still one of the favorites to land him. So I think which would a, a real... which would give Tennessee three guys with the last name or by the way, if that happened. Yeah. Fun fact that Tennessee would have three guys with the last name O R R, and I don't know if any of them are related. That that would be fascinating, and and hopefully a story you would get to delve into properly one day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's this one. Be... Is it or 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 which or is it? Yep. So, uh, so he's certainly one to watch uh, that Tennessee's been involved with for a while. I, you know, I think he was looking to maybe make a decision as early as last month and, and has pushed it back a little bit, but I think still a, a midseason decision, a possibility for him. And then you've got Amarius Mims down in Georgia, obviously the big, the big fish you referenced. Five-star, five and that's, a, that's become more of a Tennessee-Georgia battle, it sounds like, lately. So Tennessee is really in that one. Uh, he's been to Tennessee three times in the last several weeks, and uh, I, I think the Vols at least have some traction there compared to the perception that what that was for so long that Georgia was the clear favorite. I think there's at least some, some question in there now as to maybe whether Tennessee has a legitimate shot. Um, so even though you're probably not the favorite, it's still probably at least a little bit of an upset. If Tennessee lands him, you've got enough of a, you've got a, you have more than a puncher's chance probably at this point. So uh, definitely you're, you're going to keep battling that one till the end. And he announces on October 14th, his birthday. So still got several more weeks to, to sort that one out. But, yeah, that, you've got a couple good options there, and then you're still recruiting some others. So you never know how much things can change, especially in a year like this where, again, as we said, evaluations can change. Uh, so opinions on, on the players in your class can change. Other players, keep this in mind, Tennessee's still got to recruit its own guys. You know, you never know what can change because if visits ever start back up, uh, some of these schools that kids haven't gotten to visit since the, this all started back in mid-March with the dead period, 
these, if visits resume, things could get pretty wild. You, you might be fighting to hold on to some guys. So you're going to keep your options open in Tennessee, having at least a couple guys still out there on the offensive line, both tackle bodies. Again, Tennessee continuing to address the tackle position uh, with at least tackle types and guys like Mims and Orr with, with those being kind of their top targets left on the board. Um, but they're going to keep going after those guys. And if, if they end up only getting one, one of those guys, they're still in pretty good shape. If they get both, they'll, they'll, they'll probably sort it out later, but you've got some good options there. Uh, with, with maybe only needing one more offensive lineman in this class now. Ryan, the last question I've got here, and it's more of a, you know, I don't know, if, I wouldn't call it philosophical. It's just more of a, more of an interesting question that I've been thinking about. Because I look at the two guys that Tennessee's taken commitments from this week, the big offensive lineman from the state, you know, uh, with, with Gooch and, and now with this young fella here, William Parker. It, it, I wonder if Tennessee's improvement up front and Tennessee's – I don't want to say they're just absolutely stacked on the offensive line, but Tennessee should have a really good offensive line this year. And Tennessee's got some guys who will be back – should be back the following season who are also pretty darn good offensive linemen. Does that give Tennessee a little more leeway when you're recruiting that position to take guys who might need a few years to develop because their their bodies aren't where they need to be, but they're guys who have a ton of upside. Is, is Tennessee able to take, I don't want to say more risks, but is Tennessee able to look more big picture long-term with the offensive line because of the situation they have now on the roster? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point and, and definitely something that's, that's come into play with this class in particular because, as you said, they've got some guys ready to step in next year. Uh, where you're losing potential, you know, Trey Smith obviously looks likely to leave even even sure. if he even if he's tempted by the extra year of eligibility. I think most people expect him to go to the NFL draft, so you're losing him. Possibly Brandon Kennedy, uh, maybe even a guy like Cade Mays. So you've, you're going to lose some guys there, but you've got some guards that you signed in this past class and 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 centers that you know can can fill those spots if needed, and even some other guys that could move around to fill those spots. So you've got some veteran options there. So these guys don't have to come in thinking day one yeah, that they need to be ready to got, start. Because you got your Calverts and your Carvins. Yeah. I mean, you know, Locklear could come back for another year. I mean, you got right. options there. And, and at tackle, where where a lot of these guys could project at least, you've got still another year at least of Wanye Morris and Darnell Wright and guys like that. So tackle, you shouldn't need anyone to step in right away. So what this class is about is about finding kind of the next generation. And, and that's where, that's a good place to be. Uh, it's been a while since Tennessee's really been in that situation, but these past two classes they have been uh, to, to get to the point where they can sign a guy like Javante Spragans or James Robinson in this past class or, or Cooper Mays and not need one of them to step in right away because it's such a developmental position that it usually just takes a couple years to get the strength levels where you need them to be to push around a big 320-pound defensive tackle or whatever it is you're going up against. So you, you've got to be able to, to develop that over time and they're in a position where, where they can afford to do that now. And that's a good thing because guys like Jim, J. Marion Gooch and William Parker are both more developmental prospects. I think they need ideally at least a year, maybe two, maybe even three. Uh, you just don't know how that's going to play out. But you need some time to let those guys develop before they're ready to start. You know, Parker may be a little bit closer, a little less raw, but they're both still raw. And so you're going to need to let them develop, and they're in a position to be able to do that. So, yeah. You don't have to go after junior college linemen, so it certainly impacts that. And in uh, this way, you know, if there's a guy, a guy that you like, like Parker or Gooch in, in state, you, you you don't you're not hesitant to take them because you don't say we're looking for day one contributors, day one starters. We can't afford to go after a guy like that. So yeah, it is kind of a luxury for Tennessee and a, a much better situation where they they do have the flexibility to go after those types of guys now. Anything else, Ryan? Because I think we're at a good place to stop. Unless you got something else you you, you want to throw in there. 
No, I think we're good. Tennessee's still, uh, you know, right there. 20, 26, 26 commitments just outside the top five nationally. It's a, uh, it's, it's a good class, but still not done. And, um, you know, and wrapping up a pretty good week here with a, with a big commitment for the Vols. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks buddy. Thanks Wes. And thank you listeners for tuning in as always. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. No 24-7. Not a team player. Just how he is. Not a big deal. You can also find all of us if you just want Tennessee news, nothing else. You can go to twitter.com slash govals 24-7 and get that. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we have Tennessee news, SEC news, uh, you know, random other news throughout the day, throughout the college football and sports worlds, all kinds of good stuff on facebook.com slash govals 24-7. No fake news there. Good try, Putin. You can't get us there. And you can also go, if you want that delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water right from the source, go to govals247.com. Got all kinds of good deals, as always. Always a good time for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. You can be a subscriber to GoVols 24-7. And if you pay us full price, guys, you know what you get. You get free access in perpetuity. As long as you're a full-time paying member with us, you get free access to CBS All Access, which is the Rolls-Royce package there of the CBS streaming platform. Uh, Every show CBS has ever done, commercial-free, new movies in and out every month, Uh, stuff from other Viacom properties too, like Comedy Central, uh, BET, MTV, uh, Nickelodeon, all kinds of stuff on there. All kinds of stuff on there. Smithsonian Channel 2, go check that out. Go check that out. Please do. You get that for free. And also, please, please, please go subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if nothing else, guys, you will hear from us early next week if there's no breaking news. But you know what? It's Tennessee, so you never really know. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.